Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to this final Locked On Canucks for the month of August. I am your host, Lachlan Irvin. Today's episode is brought to you by the NHL Top 50 Players list. Who are this season's Top 50 NHL players? Find out on the Locked On NHL podcast. When Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donner reveal the top 50 players as voted on by our local experts across the Locked On NHL network of podcasts, including myself. Subscribe to the Locked On NHL podcast on YouTube and turn your notifications on so that you never miss an episode. Thank you for coming in on Happy Monday, everybody. And today we're going to be spending we're going to be sending this episode talking uh, and doing a little another Canucks player profile on Brock Besser, last season's Can, uh, Canucks leading point getter. And then we'll be doing a little bit of any of Canucks history corner, uh, focusing on something that actually happened uh, <laughs> um, longer than just one season ago. So we're and we're going to start right now, right away with Brock Besser doing our in our Canucks player profile series uh last uh last week uh we did thatcher demko uh in last in last friday's episode and today we're going to talk about uh the burnsville minnesota kid who is uh coming into uh is coming into his fifth full nhl season and his but most importantly is last year on his existing three-year bridge contract that he signed back prior to the uh 2019-20 season uh which is currently paying him out at uh at $5.875 million per year. And that is an important thing to keep in mind. Look, a lot of talk during this offseason has obviously gone to two young players in particular, uh, Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes, both of which do not have a contract as of today. As of as we round the corner into September, training camp season uh, is not that far away, uh, and neither have a contract. But uh, one thing that is, one thing that's going to be immediately clear once they come back, once they do get signed, uh, is that the next person on the clock is Brock Besser because his contract is just about to expire. And that contract was a bridge deal that was supposed to get him to when the Canucks had the cap space to clear out and get, and get him to a, his bigger number. Right now, uh, as, as things are right now, there, I would say there's a little bit of concern that that's that that money is not there, is not entirely there, and you worry about where that leads in the future. But before we get into that stuff, let's talk about the fact that, uh, let's talk about how he did last year. And the answer, to, and how he did last year was pretty darn well. He led the Canucks in goals with 23 and points with 49 in 56 games. That is a pretty high, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good uh, points uh, run for him this year. It would have been his. Uh, it it had. He was on pace to have his best career. Uh, his best career points scoring season. Uh, had the season been a full eighty two. Um, but the important part is that he is that. Uh, more importantly, he played extremely well. Uh, he played extremely well in the absence of Elias Pettersson, who was out for much of the season with injury, and. Uh, he seems to have recovered from some of the injury issues uh, that have plagued him in his first few seasons. If you remember during his first, his his rookie campaign, um, he uh, he got hurt. He had the wrist injury, the nagging wrist injury that he just could not shake, uh, no matter what he did. Uh, and it kind of, and some other injuries kept him out of the lineup in the past couple years. 
Last year, he played the full 56, and he was very good, and he was very good doing it. Um, there, And what makes this so important right now, especially is the fact that Brock Besser is on a very team-friendly contract, and he is living up to the expectations. Uh, he's living, pa- he's going past the expectations, frankly, of a lot of people, including the organization. Uh, there's There was a lot of talk when he signed that, that three-year contract that, Frank, that they were worried that he wasn't necessarily going to be as as good as they thought they would as he would and and if they were and if he was necessarily going to be the absolute uh, an absolute bona fide first first line winger um and he has completely lived up to that and more he has been clearly Vancouver he was clearly Vancouver's best player last season as far as the as far as from a uh, scoring standpoint goes he was solid he played very well a lot of the a lot of the issues playing in his own end were a much less noticeable during this year. He seemed to be a little bit better in his own end of the ice. And he did something that I think we hadn't quite seen from Brock Besser since that very first season when he was healthy during his first year, which was there were there were quite a few games during the regular season, uh, specifically in games where uh, Elias Pettersson wasn't available, where he played like an NHL superstar would. He there were a couple games in there where he just kind of went where you can see you could see the the switch go on in his head that that says, "All right, I'm taking over this game." The best players in the league can just take over a game when they want to, when they're able when they when they want to. And there were a couple times this se- this past season where it really did look like he was capable of that. It's not not every player has that ability to do so, obviously. And to see Besser take a couple games where the Canucks looked out of the water, especially last year where they were so where they were so desperate for any sort of wins, uh, and have a couple games where he was able to put up multi-goal games and multi-point nights and will the and really will them put them on his back for a victory in a couple of those games, uh, or at the very least get them to OT in an extra point, uh, was very noticeable uh, from him and something we hadn't seen in a long time, and. From here, it looks, and I feel like this is only going to get better for him. He's another year older now. He's the same age as I am. He's 24. He's coming into that. He's going to be, uh, he's going to be hungry for uh, a chance to prove in a full 82 game year that he can do just as well, and that he can do just as, and that he can up his totals from the previous years uh, when when there's a healthy Elias Pettersson uh, in the faceoff dot uh, alongside him. So that's gonna be uh, so that's gonna be a big part of this year is figuring out if Brock Besser is the player of last year or if he's a little bit more like the players in the seasons before. Still very good, just maybe not necessarily take a game over good. And that's and and that's gonna play a lot into how he how they approach contract season. This is gonna be an extremely important year for him and for the organization to decide how they feel how good they feel Brock Besser can be. Um, right now, it feels like he's capable of being everything that, uh, even the most, uh, that the most pos- uh, positive Canucks fans expect him to be. Uh, I mean, he was close to getting 50 points, uh, this year in a, with 56 games. That's a pretty darn good pace. And in a full 82, you'd like to see him pass the mark that he set in 2018-19 when he had 56 points. Uh, see if he can get to that 60-point plateau. And, and this year, he his goal scoring seemed to kind of go up. He seemed to do a little bit better in the scoring front. A little bit. 
Uh, and that, again, despite the fact that he wasn't uh, playing with his best with his best center. Um, and he did he did very well given the circumstances of this year. There are a lot of people who argued that he should have been the team MVP this season. Uh, and of course, it uh, went to Bo Horvat. I I personally felt it should go to Thatcher Demko because of how many games that he stole during the year. But I wouldn't have been surprised to see Besser win it either. He was he was just at another level, albeit somewhat quietly in certain ways, just because of how poorly the season was going on around him. It was kind of. It was kind of interesting to see how a little bit, how how great a year he had kind of flew under the radar in favor of other stories, including like, you know, things like Demko and Holtby, Nils Hoaglander, uh, Nate Schmidt's first first and only year with the Canucks. Uh, obviously, there were a lot of other things going on as well. Um, but Besser, through it all, was consistent, played incredibly good hockey, and it feels like he's going to be capable of showing that this is this is only going to get better from here. This isn't the peak for him. He's able, he's going to be able to do it all over again this year. Um, and if he can, that's going to really be able to boost the amount of money that he, that he, uh, gets from the Canucks next off season. We're going to talk a little bit more about Brock Besser, uh, after the break, but first I need to tell you a little bit about betonline.ag. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Yes, you heard that right. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo by making a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I'm not going to spend too much time estimating what kind of con- what kind of salary Brock Besser would be worth next year because again it's a it's a it's it's a fool's errand at the moment just simply because of the fact that we're nowhere or we're, we don't know how many points he's going to get we don't know if he's going to be healthy there's a lot of there's a lot of factors that it makes no sense to start talking about it now but if you want to look at comparables uh you look at a lot of a lot of players have been signing for somewhere in that for that in that eight million dollar range, like William Nylander is kind of a good comparable, albeit uh, one with more points than Brock Besser and playing scoring at a better clip than Brock Besser has over the last few years. Um, but you probably are looking at at least a, an up uh, a raise to probably after a five point eight making five point eight each year, probably something close to you know six or seven at the lowest at the lowest end, and that's going to uh, and that money might has to has to be there for them to be able to offer it so uh which brings us to kind of another uh topic like another point of discussion with brock besser which is the fact that he is often uh in trade rumors he's very often can uh his name is often being floated out there in trade rumors uh and a lot of there was a lot of talk specifically 
uh, before the bubble, before the playoff bubble in, two th- in 2020, about how the Canucks were dis- were considering the idea of potentially uh, choosing one of Brock Besser or Tyler Toffoli, which they ended up doing, actually. They ended up choosing Brock Besser and not bringing back Tyler Toffoli, uh, which, of course, had they managed their cap space a little better, they could have easily kept both. Um, but that's, which leads to the point that they were considering it. That was, and that's something that's come up multiple times. Besser's on a very team-friendly contract. He's a very, every team is going to be interested in what he brings to their hockey team, especially considering the price. Uh, you look at Jesperi Kotkaniemi, uh, just over the weekend signing that shock, that stunning $6 million one-year offer sheet from the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, which the Canadians have time to have about a week to match, um, that would be a, he'd be making more money than Brock Besser next year. If that, he will, well, regardless, if Montreal matches or not, he'll be, he will make more money than Brock Besser did, did well this season. And, um, if he's, and if Besser plays at the same level that he has, that he did this season, it's, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to see him end up in that seven to eight mil, uh, seven, eight million dollar range on whatever that next contract is. It's just a matter of making it fit within the salary cap. Coming up after the break, we have, uh, another Canucks history corner for you guys. But first I need to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they have so many delicious flavors for you to try. If you haven't heard of the Built Bar flavors yet, well, you are missing out on things like strawberry, salted caramel, raspberry, coconut, and cookies and cream. And if you haven't tried all their flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of their nine flavors. I'm somebody who's currently trying to eat a little bit healthier, and I'm somebody that likes to snack. So the Built Bar has been a really big game changer for me in terms of finding a protein bar that I actually like the flavor of. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Built Bars range from only 4 to 5 grams of sugar per bar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs per bar. Every flavor is amazing, and they're all tasty and all healthy. Order today and you can get the limited-time grasshopper cookie flavor, whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. Track and Field team as well. Uh, for your offer, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Finally today, we end with another Canucks history corner, and this time... It's actually somewhat historical. Isn't that nice? Uh, Instead of going back to last year in the playoff bubble, we're going all the way back to 1996 today. Uh, Back uh, when Team Canada and Team Russia on on August 29th 
uh, faced off in the opening game of the 1996 World Cup of Hockey at GM Place. Yep, remember GM Place? It was brand new at the time. Uh, uh, now, of course, called Rogers Arena. Uh, it was only, it had literally only a year old. The Canucks are just coming off, uh, off their uh, first year in, at the first year at the garage. Uh, uh, Alexander McGilney had scored uh, 55 goals that season. Uh, they had gotten all the way to, they had gotten to the playoffs into that first round against the Colorado Avalanche, where they lost in six, uh, thanks in large part to the absence of Pavel Bure, who was injured at the time with a torn ACL. Um, but this was, uh, this was GM Place's first kind of game on the international stage, and they'd get a lot more of them down the line, of course. Uh, that, that night, Canada won five to three in the, op- in the opener of the North American I should say the the European pool of teams had already kind of started. Uh, if you're wondering why Russia is in a is in a uh, tournament in the North American pool, it's because that's just based on where the games were played. Uh, the European pool was played uh, in and around Sweden, Finland, Germany, and the Czech Republic. The four. Uh, competing countries in that pool, whereas every game in the North American pool was either in Canada or the United States. Um, Vancouver. This was Vancouver's only uh, tournament game of uh, only uh, round robin game of the tournament. Uh, they did get one uh, one exhibition game before that, and a three one Canada win over the U.S. Uh, earlier that summer. Um, but uh, in this game, Canada comes out on top, uh, and they. But they, despite all that. Uh, they get accused of cheating by the Sweden by the head coach of the Swedish team that had uh, stayed up to watch the game. Uh, this is uh, from the uh, Associated Press. Uh, Swedish hockey coach Kent Forsberg on Saturday accused Canada of winning unfairly in the North American World Cup of Hockey opener against Russia. Canada cheated its way to victory, Forsberg said after Sweden's practice in Globe Arena. They've made the whole country ashamed. Canada didn't earn two points against the Russians. They got them from the referee, added Forsberg, who watched the game live on television. Um, so in what happened was in this game, uh, two goals were disallowed and you can actually go find, uh, this whole game on YouTube. Some lovely person recorded it, uh, and, uh, put it up on YouTube for all to see. Um, one, so, and this is also from the Associated Press basically explaining, uh, why the two goals were disallowed. Um, one goal was voided because a television replay clearly showed six Russian attackers on the ice while play on the other was blown dead on a controversial call that the net was dislodged from its moorings. Uh, After that, the second largest evening newspaper in... or Afton Bladet, I'm sure I butchered that, Uh, the second largest evening newspaper in Sweden devoted one full page on the Canada-Russia game Saturday under the headline, Canada's Cup, uh, the tournament's old name. Uh, Or maybe we should change it to Canada's coup d'etat, wrote columnist Peter Wenman. Um, so yes, right out of the gate, Canadians are accused of cheating specifically because all the NHL referees at the time, or at least the heavy majority of them are Canadian. So it's assumed that, oh, there's some shady dealings going on here. This is, uh, this is what, uh, this is what, uh, Canada does to win. Um, and, uh, they're basically just saying that, oh, Canada cheated. But, uh, I mean, one of them, it seems fair. I don't know about the, con- the, the dislodge from its moorings thing. I mean, it's not, it wasn't done on purpose, I'm sure. But it didn't look great, considering Canada, again, won by two goals. Um, in this game, there was a Canucks presence in this game as well. Um, and Trevor Linden playing for Team Canada. He got one assist on the night on a Vinny Dampus goal in the first period. The first goal of the game, in fact. 
Um, no Pavel Bure for Russia because uh, he uh, had a he uh, bruised his kidney in the pre-tournament games. Uh, an- yet another in a what what would end up being yet another injury in a string of them uh, for Pavel as he finished out his Canucks tenure in the next couple of years. Uh, but Alexander McGillney did did suit up for Russia. No points in the game. Uh, Canada would end up going on to uh, play games in Montreal and uh, in New York uh, later in the tournament. Uh, and or uh, sorry, uh, Philadelphia and Ottawa. Sorry, pardon me. Uh, they would go, they finished the round robin with a two and one record. Uh, their only loss at the hands of the United States. They would make it all the way to the final, the best of three final. Uh, where they would win the first game and then l- drop the final two in Montreal by a score, uh, by, both by a score of 5-2-2. Two, two. Um, there, and obviously in these games there is no, uh, there was no third, there was no third, uh, there, I don't believe there was a, uh, there was no, uh, there was no bronze medal. So, uh, Russia ended up making it into the final four. They lost to the States. Uh, Canada beat Sweden en route. Um, yeah, and it would, it was kind of, it's kind of a weird what if as well, because, um, this was of course prior to the 96, 97 season where the Canucks would end up uh, missing the playoffs that year. Um, in fact, on the day of this game as well, the Canucks were announced that it was announced that the Canucks would be hosting, uh, uh, the all-star game in 98, uh, right before the Nagano Olympics, uh, which of course this was kind of also setting up for, um, and the, you know, you see a couple faces, particularly on the Canadian side, of kind of what could have been or what ended up being for uh, for uh, the Canucks at that point. Because, of course, this is prior to Wayne Gretzky's—this uh, uh, to this is right after Wayne Gretzky signed his, uh, his new contract, his contract with the Rangers, uh, meaning they did not get—they uh, did not get the, the services— of uh of Wayne uh they had there's the whole the whole um situation where the Orca Bay freaked out uh and made Pat Quinn call him in the middle of the night and demand he sign a contract which he didn't so had things gone differently Wayne Gretzky might have been playing in this game for Team Canada as a member of the Canucks and then of course one of the other people on the ice uh who I won't spend too long on was uh Mark Messier was also there and uh I don't need to tell you much about Mark Messier, other than uh, people have have feelings about Mark Messier in Vancouver, and that's really the best way to put it. And with that, I think we're going to call this another episode, this uh, Monday edition of Locked on Canucks, and the, the last episode of September. Thank you so much for listening, uh, or September, August, I should say. Thank you. We're going into September. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to check out our sister show, Locked on Bets. Betting on the Canucks doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. I have been Lachlan Irvin. You can follow me on Twitter at LockInTheCrease. You can follow the show on our account at locked on Canucks uh, to, and make sure uh, to uh, hit the notification if there uh, button if there is one on your podcast platform of choice so that way you know whenever we drop new episodes uh, we've got we got shows coming out right now every uh, Monday Wednesday and Friday and uh, pretty soon uh, around September 20th uh, we'll be starting the uh, the weekly the week every single weekday version five days a week of 
Locked On Canucks. So with that in mind, thank you so much for listening. I'm Lachlan Irvin. This has been Locked On Canucks, and we'll see you back here on Wednesday.